Hello and good day everyone. Today we are going to talk about cyber security. From hacking of accounts like Facebook to Twitter's to the large corporations facing the threat from ransomware, we're going to talk about all these things in detail. Today I have a very special guest, a good friend of mine, Sanjay Kiyani, a cyber security professional for the last 3 decades almost. He's going to take us through uh, his Australian journey as well as the cyber security threats that you and me face today. So let's welcome him and enjoy the show. All right, Sanjay, welcome to Find Your Feet. Welcome to the show. And how are you feeling today? Oh, feeling very good, Ajay. Thank you for having me. It's really exciting. All right, Sanjay, so you are a cyber security professional. Tell us about a little bit of your work, your professional life and your personal one. Yeah, uh that sounds about right. So, yes, I'm into cybersecurity, uh to be more specific, uh information security and cloud security. Uh, I specialize in that two field. And uh professionally, I work for an organization uh that is a global IT solution. We provide uh basically security uh advisory services and solutions to uh enterprise customers um otherwise i've started my it journey 27 years back uh, when i was still in indonesia and i came to australia 12 okay. years back yeah so let's take a step back before you start uh, about your australian journey let's take you back to indonesia so you grew up in indonesia you were born there uh not exactly so <laughs> the I was born in North Africa to wow. be precise in Algeria many many moons back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh I came to Indonesia in 1980. I grew up uh for most part of my life. Uh I did my school, my university education back in Jakarta. I started my career in 1994 to be specific in IT but before that I started my work life journey in 1991 so the first day I entered uni I got myself in enrolled uni and I was already working part time oh that's with very my uh, uncle back then very um, very different as compared to most of the kids who have grown up in the subcontinent people generally don't start working part time until they graduate from the uni so that's yeah. a new 1991 jakarta indonesia and you were working part time and doing your university studies right yes that's sounds right cool so you did your uni degree in it or some other subject uh, yes i did my so first i took my uni degree um in economics but i, did, I it, it's actually not degree so i attended uni in economics uh, studies uh for plus minus 3 years uh and then i transferred it uh into it into uh, computer science and apart from that i also attended a uh, quite a bit of certifications uh, industry level certifications uh to support that career journey so you started in it but not as a cyber security in fact back no. then cyber security was not even a word exactly so it was not uh, it was not a word yet in in the wider society 
security was a concern in the financial, in the banking industry, or probably insurance, more widely known in the banking industry, because okay. back then they were much more conscious about security. You do not want your money to be disappearing from your account, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants that. <laughs> yeah. So I started off as an infrastructure engineer, or uh, that's the big word, the simple word is a computer technician. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, but it was uh, a very interesting journey. It was a lot of things to learn. I used to work back then with a guy that, uh, who I treated him as, as my mentor. I used to work with him up to 3 a.m. And wow. uh, there was one part in the experience he was supposed to be a keynote speaker. So back then, uh, internet came about in Indonesia in 19, end of 1993-1994. And that was the first journey where modems were introduced. If you remember those dial-up yeah. modems, right? Not uh, as compared to the broadband these days. Uh, back then, the journey was different. Um, and we were socializing this. Uh, to the wider crowd, to the wider society. And he was supposed to be a keynote speaker in one of the university. And because we had a late night that day, he decided to bail out the next morning. And he said, Sanjay, you replace me for the, speak for the keynote speaking. Wow. <laughs> I never did keynote speaking. And I was still in my university. Uh, university uh, I was still a uni student at back then. And uh, dressed up and decked up attended the uni. In front of me were 300 people. Uh, first two rows were all professors. And I was being scrutinized <laughs> by their looks. Uh, so it you was must fun. be shaking in your boots. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I was cold sweats and all that, but went on with it till the end. And uh, that was a very... Uh, Good experience. It, it's a very humbling experience. Yeah. Very nice one, yes. So, uh, so you started your IT journey back in 90s and when we're talking about 90s, uh, when it was 64 kbps to 128 kbps modem? It was way lower than that. Yeah. So I have... 1632? I have had a taste of 2400 bps. Wow. That was the entry level. Yeah. And I went up, up to 57,600 because anything over than that was uh, already supported, considered yeah. was, was already considered broadband at that okay. time. Yeah. But broadband came much later. I think it came in 97, 98 and so on. All right. So now tell us about, you know, this buzzword cybersecurity. Everybody seems to be now talking about cybersecurity. A lot of... Uh, Threats are being received by governments, by institutions. Forget about common people like you and me. But cyber security has become a big threat these days. So what's happening? So cyber security, if we say it's only targeted at government or uh, bigger fishes, uh, simplistically putting, at, uh, putting it, it's actually not the case. They are constantly being faced with a threat, but uh, small businesses, uh, medium and small businesses, are beginning to feel uh, be beginning to feel the effects of it, and they are a much softer targets. Uh, that's because also 
Cybersecurity is yet to be taken seriously in the sense that um, a lot of education needs to be put in uh, put into the society, uh, having to understand what it is like to feel being uh, our systems being violated, uh, our data being stolen, our information, our valuable information held at ransomware, our business coming to a stop, reputational damage, and so on, and, and, the, and, and the list grows. So there has been a lot of uh, incidents uh we will hear this almost every day a company uh, brought down to its knees because they lost all their data a healthcare provider could be facing a similar issue and you can imagine if a hospital had to be come under uh, the uh, under a ransomware uh, attack and they are not able to operate because all patient data has been encrypted or can't it's not accessible wow that's a huge it's risk a to life, life isn't and it death. Yeah. exactly because medications everything is all computerized these days it's not it's no longer manual i mean gone are the days uh, of manual work a lot of uh, businesses even the small businesses are now having that approach because it gives them a competitiveness in the market so there we go. But I think uh, it's the message that is uh, always keeps on being uh, broadcasted outside is that to have good hygiene when you are on a wider network like the internet, that how to keep yourself protected. Okay, I remember um, as families... We went out together to Esperance and you refused to use hotel internet. Why is that? Oh, yes. Well... <laughs> the free internet as, yes. is bad internet. As attractive as it sounds uh, when it's free, but I, I have a personal belief that there is no such thing as free lunch. Right? And... In my case, I'm a cybersecurity expert. So it's already ingrained in me. It's kind of a habit. It's kind of a practice. Uh, I breathe, I talk cybersecurity. So I need to put that into practice. And uh, the devices that I bring, it could be my laptop. It could be my phone. That has got sensitive data. It has got my financial, uh, my credit card details, or it holds my credit card details. It holds my bank details. It holds my passwords or what. So I can't afford any of these devices to be uh, kind of a target by unauthorized people who's trying to access my machine from a free Wi-Fi. So what happens is like this. I get connected to a free hotspot. Uh, let's put the example now to you, Ajay. Say if you were connected to a free hotspot and I was connected to the same Hotspot. Hotspot as well. I could be running a program in the background and scan for any devices that are connected to the same network. And if I happen to find your device and I can, uh, using specific uh, programs or applications to see vulnerabilities in your devices, 
I could exploit that, attack that, gain access, and everything else is history. So, <clears throat> just to break it down in simple words, I am accessing a free Wi-Fi network of the hotel. Somebody yes. else is also latching onto the same network. Yep. How can they see my data? So, how they can see is like this. So, we do a scan, right? We do a scan of the network. So, every device is always given an address. Mm -hmm. And this address is known as IP address. Some IP address is very common. Everyone probably must know exactly what an IP address is. So, you will have your own unique IP address. I have my own unique IP address. It's like a telephone these are, number. These are IP, unique IP addresses of your instruments, whether it is your laptop or your phone. So, an IP address is an address being given by... Uh, probably by the Wi-Fi, the, by the hotspot oh, Wi-Fi, okay. when you connect to it. Okay. Right? So that IP address will help you to get connected to the outer world. Without IP address, there is no communication. In simple words, put yeah. it. There is a much more complex uh, way of explaining it, but I'll just put it in simple so uh, everyone yeah, will be able to get it. Anyways... Uh, so what happens that now you have an IP address? I also have an IP address because I connected to the same network. Yeah. Now I open a program and I want to check what other IP addresses are there within the same network. And I happen to stumble upon your device. I said, interesting. I see a mobile device or I see a laptop. Ah, it's a laptop. What laptop is it? I'd find more, i dig more. If your laptop is well protected, there is nothing to say that it can't be broken. In simple words, there is no such thing as a foolproof um, security. There will always be some vulnerability or some hole that is exploitable. And also what security is all about is to minimize that hole for people to exploit. And the threats these days are catching up so fast with those that sometimes it is not um, a matter of if we get attacked, it's a matter of when we get attacked, how are we going to respond? How are we going to address it? Another way of attack is if you keep easy passwords. Now, we love keeping passwords like password123. Yeah. It's just a matter of seconds to break that. Yeah. Exactly. So we call that dictionary attacks because we are trying to access someone's account using known passwords which are out there. Uh, it could be also an attack where, whereas we have the habit sometimes to keep our password all uniform. So you can imagine you have a password in Facebook, the same password you use for your banks, the same password you use for your shopping sites, the same password you use for your healthcare government sites, the same password. You reuse the site. It's called password reuse. You keep on reusing it. What will happen is that eventually you use the same password for your email. And either your email could be from well-known providers, right? 
if they gain access to that they gain access to everything so which means if you have one password for 10 things and yes. they get to know about one they can open 10 things exactly. as simple as that exactly well fantastic that's a very quick crash course on cybersecurity <laughs> and how to prevent your attacks <laughs> now let's go back to the main item on the agenda so how did you land it up in australia sanjay was it a planned thing or it just happened that's how did it happen that's a very interesting story behind uh, how i landed up in australia so i landed up in australia in 2009 my wife shalini she landed up in 2008 one year earlier uh, not because of anything else but uh, how it started off was so i had an it business i started off with my it business in 1996 had my ups and downs especially in 1997 when indonesia faced a currency devaluation of uh, 400% holy cow yes 400 or 6 400 or 500% uh in 1998 when the current uh, when there was political instability at that time so this went on for approximately a couple of years um behind that uh it journey start uh, things started picking up for me in 2001 2002 and again uh after a couple of years there was uh, another up and down so it 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 has been a pretty interesting ride but one day in 2007 beginning of 2007 it was the rainy season uh, somewhere in it was in january what happened was the house that we live in so all that while we have been renting a house we never had our own house and uh excepting for my parents house i mean they own their house but me and shalini we always decided that we wanted to have our own place to stay and all that so we started off renting 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 and one day we said you know what tired of renting we want to get our own place to stay we want to have a permanent house where we don't have to move every couple of years um so we said okay come let's start let's start looking around and we had a little bit amount of uh savings that we wanted to put in as a deposit we looked at the house liked like the house um deep uh, in our minds we had made up the mind but to the landlord we said you know what we'll get back to you tomorrow and um we'll come back with a decision basically we'll, we 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 need to have a chat me and my wife he said yeah okay that's fine and that night jakarta was hit with a flood the area that we were living in we had to evacuate because the water came into the house up to hip level oh my god yes so i had a small office set up in the house uh, that's where my workshop is that was covered in waters customer equipments a lot of them could be saved some of them got damaged thanks to insurance we got that covered but putting all that aside we had to evacuate me my wife uh, we had a helper and two dogs we had to walk 
car couldn't travel car couldn't go in those roads so definitely we were wading the waters yes <laughs> by so foot. we had to we had to walk in all those uh, really really murky waters very dirty you can imagine yeah. where, what it's like okay and we had to evacuate to our uh, to my in-laws place couple of days we had to stay there we came back to the house after couple of days did cleaning and everything and one fine night at around 10:30 pm there was a knock at the door and it was our uh, across the house neighbor uh, we never knew each other uh, hardly spoke and uh, he said hey i realize you are in computer business so i have a very urgent email to send can you please help me i said yeah okay no issues i went to his house switched on his computer just make sure check everything is good that it's not been soaked in water all dry switched it on he was very happy computer came back on internet on all good and uh, had a small talk and okay how are you how's is your how is everything okay and all that and uh, i discovered that he was a migration agent for australia for australia wow <laughs> and uh, i didn't think anything further because i was already kind of wanting to just go to bed because tomorrow is an early day early morning early morning activity uh, went home went back to the house and i told shalini hey you know what the guy across the house is uh, he's a australian migration agent he said okay all right and that's it so we just went to bed the next day uh while thinking that probably shalini wants to just go and uh, confirm the house uh, for the down payment i come back uh, after work after a long day's work and uh, she said i said oh did you confirm the house he said no in fact uh, i cancelled it because i discovered that house was also soaked in uh, in the waters and the flood and let's not buy the house we'll look for something else but in the meanwhile uh, i want you to sign some papers here i said what papers are there he said just sign it I said yeah okay let me read it so I was reading it and I found out these were all application papers for assessing my qualification and her qualification because that's the first step towards migration I said what is this what are we doing he said let's try migrating to australia <laughs> uh, so it was the same person who uh, shalini contacted yeah so okay. it's the same person so <laughs> behind my back <laughs> she contacted that guy guy said hey you know what you guys can also migrate to australia why not try mm. and she put all of her savings into that one deal <laughs> i was like i was scratching my head i said what are you trying to do i said we just try if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen if it happens we'll think about it we'll cross the bridge we'll come to we'll cross the bridge when we come to it i said okay I didn't say anything much. I signed the papers. Uh I didn't have um I didn't think too much about it. I never wanted to have uh, any kind of expectations. Um just go with the flow. So um that's it. And what happened was that was still beginning of Jan by the way. 
After two weeks, oh, by the way, the migration told us, he said, okay, you've started this first journey. Your assessment will take two months. For two months, don't ask me any questions. I said, okay, I'm not in a hurry. And uh, after two months, after two weeks, a letter comes in. He says, we have already assessed your qualification and this is good for you to apply for your next process of the migration. Mm -hmm. Oh, fantastic. So we go to the next step. And next step, when we paid for the second down payment, because there are some progressive payments that we had to make, and our agent tells us that, okay, you have started your second step. Don't ask any questions for the next 52 weeks. If you ask any question, my answer is only, I don't know. One year. Yes. He said, he said it can take up to 52 weeks. And this was way back in 2007. It was still, the processing time is not as long as what we hear the stories today. It can take years, basically. And even people don't get any certainty for whatever reason. I still kept doing my thing, servicing our customers, uh, improving, trying to improve the business. And things were starting to pick up. Things were getting better for us. On the sixth month, I get a letter or actually the letter was passed on by the agent to me, to us, to me and Shalini, that uh, you guys have to do your medical exams and all that. I said, okay, what does this mean? He said, this means that 95% is approved. Yeah, okay. But he still doesn't want to say that it is nearly approved, your journey is coming to an end and you'll get your PR. He didn't want to say that. He still didn't want to set the expectation. He just say, we have to do a medical exam. Based on the medical exam, we'll come to know whether it's approved or not. So he was still being very vague. I said, okay, went through that process, all those processes we went through. And he said, now wait for two weeks. After two weeks, we'll come to know. And guess what? After two and a half months or three months, we didn't hear anything. And we were saying, it seems that we are not getting it. But he didn't say anything. He said, no, there's a long wait, a long queue happening. Uh, there's a backlog and that's why it's taken this long. I said, okay, never mind. But still, I didn't want to keep my hopes too high. In September, on my birthday, uh, that morning, I went out of the house. I, I went, I can't remember if I went to my in-law's house or to my parents' house, either of those. Um, this guy comes running, the agent comes running. He said, very Sanjay, very Sanjay. And... Uh, Wife says he's gone out. He said, why? He said, oh, you've got your PR. Ah, that's a good surprise for your birthday. <laughs> exactly. He said, you got your PR. He said, so he gave the letter and uh, Shalini took that letter and put it under the pillow. So I came back home and she was very happy. She sounded very happy, very chirpy. And I said, why? What's happening? It's my birthday. Why are you being so happy? I'm the one who's getting old. <laughs> and she said, nothing. I'm just happy. And I keep on asking her, why? What's, he said, you, what has happened? What, what, have we got a lottery? He said, nothing. Just go to your room. There is something for you over there. I went to the room. And that moment I'll never forget because that's the most, uh, it's the most important day in my life. And I got that PR letter, um, which is uh, 
a new chapter in 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 my life journey in our life journey but we do not know what to do like what <laughs> next yeah and uh, that every birthday whether it's my birthday or shalini's birthday or anyone's birthday in the family we always go out for dinner and nobody knew in the family not my parents not my in-laws not my brother-in-laws not anyone knew that we had applied for a pr so when we had to break down the news that we are planning to migrate like everyone was <laughs> what the happening? hell is going on what the hell is going on exactly <laughs> and uh, like everyone's face was like in confusion and all that they were trying to digest the news and all that but we had everyone's blessings um my dad was thrilled he said i'm so happy he said at last you're going to be in a much better country whereas i didn't know what australia was all about we tried it out of luck and we got it um i didn't keep my hopes too high and it seems that there is always a reason for everything that happens in 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 our journey and uh, we made our first entry visit very warm and friendly people uh, although we had a visit of only few days um as part of the requirement uh, that migration requirement you need to step into the country beyond uh, within a certain time period and uh, after stepping in okay great we have started our pr journey but what are we going to do how are we going to find a job here because how it is practiced in australia is not the same how it is practiced in indonesia because of various reasons infrastructure reasons uh human resource skills and all that and um what happened then was um in 2008 through one of our customers uh shalini got a job she applied in indonesia so we 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 had a customer we had a customer who used our it services and uh, this customer asked us he said hey we are trying to do fundraising we need to beautify our powerpoint slides can you do it i said um i won't be able to do it but shalini will be able to help you so shalini helped them and they were able to do fundraising and they offered shalini a job shalini came into the country in 2008 one year we were living apart not easy but the strategy behind that was that i needed to you hand find over. your feet and then i follow yes it it was not exactly like that it happened to be like that but my brother was uh, going to get married in 2009 so somebody needed to uh, organize his uh, occasions and all that my dad and mom because of their age and health condition so they kind of said uh, okay sanjay and shalini you both please uh, will be there for the wedding but you please handle the logistics of it so i had to do all that i had to wind up the business hand it over to not wind up uh, i'll correct that i had to hand it over to my brother okay because he was into the it background he had to move he agreed to take it forward so that's that's how it happened and then in 2009 i landed up here i got my first uh, job in it 
as a junior engineer. So I started from zero again. So was it easy, the first job? The first job, uh, I had to get accustomed to the culture, to the lingo, to how people actually do things over here. What are the like company policies, all that. So I had to get accustomed to that for a few months. But uh, it's two different, two different mm. countries, two different way of doing things. But so Charlie's uh, stay here one year before you, did it help you when you landed here? Very much helped. Okay. It actually very much helped, yes. And there is a funny story behind that, talking about getting used to the lingo. <laughs> so I landed, I landed up on a Sunday. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was somewhere in the third week of July. It was and, a Sunday. Uh, the city was Perth, right? Perth. Okay. I've been all the time in Perth. Uh, never been to any other state as uh, to settle. I've traveled, but uh, not settled uh, permanent, permanently in any other state excepting WA. So landed up on a Sunday and uh, Shalini knew her way around. Uh, she was like uh, expert uh, that one year. She knew where to go, where not to go and all that. She, she knew it. And she said, okay, uh, take rest. Tomorrow morning, we are going... Uh, to go to the bank, open your bank account, do your TFN, do Medicare, do this, do that. And before you start applying for jobs, because once you apply for jobs, then you need all these details. It's just easier for you. I said, okay, I'll be guided by you. And the next morning, Monday, uh, we went to a bank in Vesperth, uh, queuing up in in the teller. Uh, there were two or three uh, customers behind me and reaching in front of the teller and very friendly uh, lady she said hey how are you going and I was like okay why is she asking me where am I going <laughs> and I was kind of looking my eyes were looking left and right trying to think what to answer and I said by bus <laughs> and she gave me the most funny look ever. And I got a couple of chuckles from behind. And Shalini was like, just, you know, with her hand uh, to my uh, arm. And she said, what are you doing? She's asking you, how are you? I said, oh, I'm fine. Thanks. How about you? <laughs> That's how it started all. <laughs> so that yeah, was the Australia first. Australia has a different way of greeting <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so that's something that I'll never forget. It's, uh, it's funny and yet uh, it's a learning process. Yeah. So, yes. All right. So, uh, about the job, did it came about easily or you had to struggle or you had to find uh, contacts and how it happened? Oh, interesting. That, that, that one is very interesting. So... That night, after uh, one one night after I completed all my errands, uh, doing my Medicare, my bank work, and all that, I think it was this the first week. I accustomed myself to the area, to Perth. Uh, did some uh, going to various places, sightseeing, and all that. Uh, second week, Shalini says, "Okay, now start looking for a job. We need money." <laughs> she said. Um, well, I started applying for jobs. So I applied... So through LinkedIn or through Seek? Uh, I applied through Seek and through Gumtree. Okay. Yeah. 
and I uh, can't remember which uh, ad actually gave me my first interview, but I got my first interview. I applied, I put in five CVs. I remember putting in five CVs. And the very next morning, I, in, uh, in the very next morning, I received a call, a voicemail. I called back the person. He said, can you attend for an interview at 2 p.m.? I said, I'll be there. So I attended the interview at 2 p.m. Uh, interview finished at 3 p.m. 4 p.m. I got back to the house, opened my email, a letter offer, of, offer was there. I accepted the job and I felt very excited about it. It was not a matter about how good the pay was or how, uh, how high or how low was the pay, but it was... The sense of achievement. The sense of achievement. I'm, I was uh, kind of given the recognition that the interview... When I was given a test during the interview... And uh, the sense of achievement was that I scored the highest as compared to any interview they have done in the past two years. And that, that gave me a boost. I, although I started uh, my career back uh, right, from the, uh, right from the bottom mm. as a level one engineer, or you can say a technical support officer, but I climbed my way up um right up to operations manager and been with the company for 10 and a half uh, practically 10 and a half years after which last year i uh, changed jobs actually beginning of this year uh i took a break for a couple of months switched jobs and ever happy after oh well done you know your journey has been exceptional the way you were describing your permanent residency, you feeling that thrill again. So has it all uh, come out the way you wanted or you thought it's going to be or were there any challenges? Being, uh, getting the permanent residency and uh, was the greatest, I think, achievement or a gift that I could give to myself or to our small family, me, mm. me and my wife. Uh, it's very rewarding. It's, uh, I would say, it's, it's a very rewarding thing and it's the best thing that has ever happened. Fantastic. So how do you see the future of all the young kids or you know, young engineers like yourself who are planning to come to Australia? Do you think the road is much better now than what it used to be before you came in? Um, it all it all depends on various factors. So number one is the willingness to adapt, the willingness to learn, positive attitude, and uh, hard work, integrity. These are the highly sought after uh, qualities uh, because it's not only about skill, skill, skill. Skill you can always learn. But it's always your personality that will back your skills. Can you give one example from your life, your professional life where 
you use these skills to maximum use and they gave you good return in return absolutely my times when i used to be an operations manager with this uh small it company a lot of the times our when we are dealing with businesses and most of the businesses are classified as small and medium business when we are serving those customers it is we approach it not technically but we approach it holistically and uh we are friendly we are also like we speak in simple terms we don't use too much of technical jargons we use a lot of analogy at the same time we uh try to behave in that manner professionally but when we say professionally also skillfully so all this combined creates that kind of a likingness from the customer to us and they stick with us and when they stick with us it's beneficial for the business and it's also beneficial for the customer because then it's an it business is nothing less than getting married how <laughs> because we know everything about their data we know everything about their it infrastructure and they also know what we do they communicate with us it's a mutual understanding um if it breaks down then it's not good is it absolutely not that was fantastic so adaptability hard work and you know knowing your customers very well these are the key points so uh, sanjay that was fantastic man uh, congratulations once again and uh, thank you again ajay i think a lot of people will learn from your experience and if there is somebody from it sector who's wanting to ask you questions or write to you uh, would it be okay if they write to you through us and we share it back to them your answers and your Absolutely. your inputs absolutely any time i would Ooh. i would like to help anyone who always needs inputs fantastic advisors thanks anjit thanks for your time today i hope our guests our listeners will enjoy um, from your interview and if there is anything they want to learn more they will contact you thank you ajay thank thanks you again for having me and thanks for being on our show cheers cheers thank you i hope you enjoyed our podcast If you wish to subscribe you can find us on Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher and many more Please go ahead and share it with your friends and family and anyone who you think will get benefit out of this podcast Our Facebook pages find your feed podcast and if you have any questions comment or suggestions you can post it there or send an email to us at findyourfeedpodcast@gmail.com Till the next time keep smiling keep learning and keep enjoying the podcast Ciao for now